broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, coming in hot on this Friday. Single to mile, May 5th, 2023, off the heels of the JT The Brick Show. Of course, he was out at the Palms, William and Hill Sportsbook. So hopefully everyone went out there. If you're local, went out and checked him out and uh, said, what's up? And ha- hung out on this Friday, heading into this weekend. And it's beautiful outside right now. It's a little windy here and there. But for the most part, really nice day here in Las Vegas. So excited about the opportunity to be with you for the next few hours. Damon Cotton and myself here in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I planned on actually doing the show from the house today, but because of circumstances, decided that we go ahead and hold it down in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And of course, I'll let you know what those circumstances are uh, in a in, in a little bit as I as I roll out the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Very excited for the, like I said, next three hours. We got some really good guests as we're going to close out the week really strong. And I feel like we've had a really good week of shows, even though one of our shows earlier in the week was um, short due to Aviator Baseball. But for the most part, man, we've really covered a lot of ground this week. I'm very proud of the efforts that we've had here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So speaking of those guests, coming up at 2.30, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He'll join the show, kind of give us his uh, his thoughts on what the Raiders did in the draft, where their team stands right now, what it looks like, you know, who when uh, next week when the when the rookie minicamp gets going and when OTAs continue on and then, of course, mandatory minicamp will be, I believe, June 6th through 8th, you know, who will we be, we be paying attention to? Who are the players that we'll be looking at saying, okay, this guy's got to make an impact. How early can this guy make an impact? What does the team look like? What does everything look like on, you know, we, we, we know what it looks like on paper, but we're trying to what it, visualize what it looks like, you know, on the field. As we know that the Raiders went into the draft, they went into free agency, they went into the offseason with a lot of holes. And I think they tried to address as many holes as possible. Did they get them all filled? No, of course not. And they're going to continue to work on that, continue to build on that. But for the most part, they were able to address a lot just probably not everything. So we'll get Paul's thoughts coming up at 2.30. Then at 3 o'clock, our good friend Amber Thea Harris from Silver and Black Productions, also uh, Sirius XM Radio. She does a fantastic job covering the NFL like a glove. She was in Kansas City last week when I was in Kansas City last week when uh, there's many people that we have on the show on the, on the regular there and in Kansas City. Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black, he was there in Kansas City. I actually got to hang out with him for a few minutes. It was pretty cool. I don't know if I told you this, Damon, but – what day was it? I want to say it was Friday. We had him on the show Friday, right? When the the Friday of the draft? Yes, because he was recapping talking to all the players yes. from the first round. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, so when he showed up in Kansas City, when he showed up to the, you know, to the Crown Plaza where we were all at, uh he he came and looked for me and he didn't see me and he texted me and said, Hey, I came looking for you. I was trying to find you and I was like, Oh man, I was downstairs in the Crown Plaza area. I was grabbing some lunch real quick. I'll come upstairs. So I went up there and there's this certain area where ESPN National, SiriusXM, Westwood One, all these different big national outlets were, but it was behind an area where just cats like me with a normal credential couldn't get in. Like you had to show your credential and it had to beep to make sure that you were approved. Well, I know I wasn't approved, and so Jason's like, yeah, we're back here. And I was like, oh, I can't go there. And he looked at me, I go, I can go there, but I mean, I'm not supposed to go there. So anyway, so I went back there anyway. (laughs) Right? That's You know how I do. I just kept it moving. Did he say you were me? 
What did Jason say? You're with me. No, like, no, Yo, no, you're good. No, no, no. I just kept. No, I just kept moving. Okay. I just let him know off top. I was like, no, you know, I know that that's a, a restricted area because the people let us know as as everything got unfolded in Kansas City. The people there in Crown Plaza, they were very nice, but they also said where you were supposed to go, where you're allowed to go, and where you're not allowed to go. And they told me, they told me quick, fast, in a hurry that, oh yeah, you're not allowed to uh, to go back here. And I said, oh okay, cool, no problem. So when Jason was like, yeah, our booth is back here, I said, okay. I'm not allowed to go back there, but I'm coming back there. So we went and hung out for a little while. I watched them do their show. Everything was really good. And, you know, Friday we got off early. So I really didn't know what to do with myself, so I hung out with Jason for a while. But there was a lot of people there in Kansas City covering the draft, including Amber Thea Harris, who does a great job. So she'll join us at 3, kind of give us a recap of the draft, obviously talk about what the Raiders were able to do, who she thinks is going to make an impact early for the Silver and Black, how she thinks this tape, this, this team looks now, as opposed to what it looked like when the offseason started. Because that's all you want to do is you want to continue to improve. I believe that the roster is, is much improved, but when you say much improved, how many are going to be able to turn it into wins immediately? The other thing about it is, as the Raiders have gotten better, other teams across the league have gotten better as well. So next week we'll find out the schedule. We'll see how it all shakes out and, and, and how they go about attacking the 2023 season. So uh, we'll do that next week. But uh, at 3 o'clock, Amber Thea Harris will join us. Silver and Black Productions, also Sirius XM Radio. Talk all things draft and uh, what the Raiders were able to do. At 3.30, we'll go into your lane. This is what you know. Carolina Teague, she's going to join us. League of Her Own Podcast, ESPN 97.5. She's out there in the San Antonio area. Big fight coming up this weekend, isn't there? Man, that's, that's your thing. You do the fight game on 12.30 of the game. Big fight coming up this weekend. Oh, man, Q, not only is Canelo fighting this weekend, and that's a big fight, but also the UFC yep. is making a fight with their Mexican, their top Mexican-American star, Henry Cejudo, is back in the mm-hmm. octagon after and a long time. And he hung out with us at the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, we talked to him during the Super Bowl, so yeah. you know who that is. Yeah, I do. I mean, he, Wait, it's <laughs> funny, man, because I'm not, I'm not deep into the fight game. I'm not. Our, our young friend Enrique is in the building as well. I'm not big into the fight game, but whenever I see someone that we've interviewed at some point, I'm like, oh, that's, that's the homie. Yeah, exactly. So every time I see him, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we hung out at the Super Bowl. We're cool. Yeah, so you got the boxing with Canelo fighting on Saturday. Yeah. You've also got the UFC Aljermaine Sterling and Henry Cejudo taking each other on on Saturday. Yeah. And you also got Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico for WWE. Nice. I mean, come on. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> let's mind go. go. I wouldn't mind going, and I know Bad Bunny was here. I wouldn't mind going to a Bad Bunny, especially if it was about, you know, 12 years ago. And I may not have the same uh, social status that I have now. <laughs> I wouldn't mind going to a Bad Buddy concert. I'm just saying. Enrique's like, oh, I get what you're picking up. I say what you're laying down, Q. I get it. That's funny. I but, mean, yeah, man. So, I mean, this weekend, when it comes to combat sports and the entire fight game. Well, yeah. I mean, it is. It, it's jam-packed. I know. Sing, I remember, like, you Cinco know. Single to Miles. Single to Miles weekend. Yep. People are like, oh, there are no big fights in Vegas. But the big fights are still out there. Yeah. But it should I, – I agree, though. Single to mile weekend, there should be a big fight in Vegas. I mean, it only makes sense. Canelo is going to be fighting in Mexico. This is like a hometown fight for him. No, I understand. But I, I'm, I'm not in Mexico. Okay. Yeah. We're not, you know what I mean? Good like, point, good point. I, I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is we're here. You know, everything is going on in Vegas, so let's keep that party rolling. Right now, I think Vegas and Miami are fighting for, like, the rights of who's best. They got F1 this weekend. We got F1 in November. Hey, man, I was in Miami a couple of weeks ago. I'm not saying that they're winning. Look, look at this guy bragging. But, hey, 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 hey. I'll, I'll pick that up. I'll drop that down there. But Miami was great. I mean, for that yeah. UFC weekend I was out there, I mean, if I spoke Spanish, <laughs> I mean, I might have to try to move out there. <laughs> but, what, what's, what's speaking Spanish got to do with it? You just make it happen. Everything was in Spanish. I feel like, you know, that would, that would help just you. Just play it off. That would help you out a little bit better. No, just play it off. All I know is tango hombre. I'm hungry. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Just play it off. 
All you got to do is say that you're uh, you're uh, related to Vicente Fernandez and you're good. I know black. I Dominican. I'm just saying. <laughs> it worked for me when I was selling Kirby's. It worked for me. I sold a Kirby to a house that didn't speak any English, and I don't speak a lick of Spanish, and I still sold a $2,000 machine. You calculate that. Think about this. A $2,000 machine was sold by me mm-hmm. in a house that didn't understand a damn thing I was saying. Think about that. Salesman of the year. I'm just saying. If you you got to make it work. You got to say that you're related to Vicente Fernandez. That's like a folk hero. Just saying. And that worked, huh? Yeah, hey, man. <laughs> I'm just saying that was part of the process. So Carolina Teague will join us at 3.30 to talk all things you know, the fight game, talk about the Canelo fight that's going on this weekend. Uh, you know, she deep, deep dives into the NBA, the WNBA, Becky Hammond, the Aces. We've been talking about them a lot as they're getting ready to defend their title. So Carolina will join us at 3.30. She's our good friend from uh, San Antonio. Then, this is the reason why I'm actually in the studio today. I was going to be at the home studio while DeMond was here in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. But my good friend, Bart Scott from ESPN, and I can say he's my good friend, did a couple shows with him, uh, ESPN National. Obviously, he's been in the NFL. He was in the NFL for a very long time. He does ESPN Radio. Uh, he's in ESPN New York, part of Bart and Hahn. They do a really good show. He's going to be live here in studio. He's in town. As I mentioned, there's a lot of things going on in town. He's in town for the Lovers and Friends concert. I didn't go last year. I know Adam Hill, our good friend from uh, uh, the RJ and also ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company. I know he went last year. I know it was kind of a, I don't want to say disaster. It wasn't very good last year. And I don't mean by the performances. I mean by the lack of water. You know, it was really hot outside. I know the weather's not going to be as bad as it was last year. So it should be much improved. But he's in town for the Lovers and Friends concert. So he's going to come here in studio and hang out with us at 4 o'clock. I'm really excited about that because Bart's a good dude. He's funny. He's just and he tells it like it is, and he's been there, done that. So I think we'll have a really good conversation with Bart. Who's the old school act you would want to see, Q? If they were like, "Hey, man, you you got to pay for the whole festival, but it's worth it because that person's performing." Um, there's I don't know, man. There's so many good acts because I, I remember when when they started advertising last year's Lovers and Friends festival. I remember a bunch of uh, our friends from Texas were like, "Man, we're gonna come stay with you guys for this weekend. We're gonna go." And at first, we we're like, "Yeah, it's a good idea." And then I thought, eh, "I don't know if I want everybody coming and stay at the house." But there are some really good acts, and you know, I'm an old head when it comes to the music, man. I mean, it's you know, I'm not I'm not up on all the new stuff, but man, the older stuff, the older hip hop, the older R and B, all that good stuff, I'm about about it. I mean, that's that's me all day. I think Lovers of Friends, of course. I think you know, Lil John all the time. I think Lil John and Usher, but Usher. He's got a residency here. Lil John's at the Raider games all the time. He's around town. I mean, I don't know, man. Nelly, we saw Nelly. Your uh, boy's going to be there. Who? Pitbull. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. That's hey, another one of Q's boys, Enrique. That, no, no, he is. He is. I tell you people all the time, man, I would hang out with Pitbull before I'd hang out with, you know, a lot of my best friends. I'm just saying, man, Pitbull is the guy. He always called me Little Papito. So there's, there's that, man. And uh, he likes to drink vodka. I'm just going to throw it out there. And I'll tell you right now, the company that Pitbull keeps, even the ones that you're like, oh, yeah, they're not, they ain't all that. No, they're all that. Right? Even, I'll just put it like this. Even the ugly ones are good looking. <laughs> right? Pitbull's the man. That's that's my guy. So, yeah, I, I mean, seeing him is one thing. I'm trying to think. Who else is going to be there? Give me a couple more names, man. Hit me with a couple more names. Come on. Uh, 50 Cent? Mm, he's all right. Genuine? Um... Busta Rhymes? Oh, Busta's dope. I, I'm a big Busta guy, man. When when Pastor Cavassier came out, man, I almost got uh, I almost got written up. I was doing overnights in uh, in Fresno, California. I almost got written up because I I played it so loud, 
and the neighbors, we were in a neighborhood, right? I mean, our, our radio station was literally in a neighborhood, and I had that thing cranked up. Pass the Cavassier. It was so loud. The neighbor called on the hotline. He said, hey, I'm your neighbor. Can you call it down? I was like, no. It's Busta Rhymes. Pass the Cavassier's on. Click, hung up on him, turned that thing back up. Yeah, they weren't too happy with me, but it's okay. Who else? T.I.? I, don't know, cool. um, I saw I saw Ti. Oh, you seen, seen him before? No, I seen him at um at LT's Hall of Fame performance. Look at you, oh, yeah. boys the men. Oh yeah, boys the men are dope. But I saw him a lot at Great America. That's uh-huh. where the 49ers play football at now. Omarion oh, and Bow Wow. That that'll be the uh, one for me. I need no. them on stage. I got this ice really? box with my heart. Bo- I got this ice box. You're out of all those groups. You're gonna go Omarion and Bow Wow. Let me hold you. Come on, Q. What has Bow Wow done since? since it's the lo- What has any of these people done? They all have. The- no, no, no. Amarion and Bow Wow. Come on, dude. You cannot rattle off all the names you just rattled off and then throw Amarion and Bow Wow in there. Hey, Give me a break. I mean, come on. This ain't lottery ticket. Come on, dude. Who else? Who else? Another banger by Bow Wow. Don't 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 sleep on his acting chops either. No, he. Come on, man. He's terrible. Soldier Boy, you see Soldier Boy now? No, no, I don't want to crank that. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not. You weren't cranking that Soldier Boy? No. Enrique, go ahead and hit it one time. Uh, <laughs> Enrique is even like, no, I'm good. Chingy? Uh, that no. right there? Pulling me back. No, pulling me back was a good one. Manny Fresh? Uh, yeah, Manny Fresh is cool. But who is he bringing everybody with him, or is it just Manny Fresh? Nah, it's just Manny Fresh. Uh, yeah, okay. Master P. Uh, make them say, uh. and the no limit soldiers. Okay, I don't, I don't okay. know. Who. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. That, that that you know what that does? That means that whoever shows up is cool, and they ain't guaranteeing everybody gonna show yeah. up though. I want some silk to shocker. That's Charge my, it to the game. That's my guy. We should call Silk and ask him if he's coming. We got we got we got that in the Rolodex. Oh, you you yo, that's the, that's the real homeboy. Oh yeah yeah, silk to shocker. Look at that, Chris Brown. I mean, I like Chris Brown before Rihanna. Now I'll leave it at that because I want to keep it you know friendly for families. Baby Bash. Baby Bash is cool. Oh, that's all. Oh, Ronnie's going to be here. Yeah, yeah. Baby Bash is cool. Did I ever tell you about the first interview I did with Baby Bash? No, let's hear it. I was so mad because he had that j- that jam with uh, Frankie J, right? That, uh, what was it? Sugar Sugar? Yeah, Sugar Sugar with Frankie J. And I remember my boss, Tommy Del Rio, said, oh, yeah, I have you lined up to interview Baby Bash. I was like, oh, come on. Why are you giving me Baby Bash? He's on the track with Frankie J. Like, I don't want to have a guy. I don't want to interview a guy. We're doing... Love jams. We're doing like I'm, I'm, you know what I mean. Like I'm white teed out. I got the, I got the chain, right? I mean, I'm, I'm hip hopped out. I just want someone that's gonna be like a real deal cat that I interview. Come to find out, Baby Bash was awesome. He was the coolest dude ever. So yeah, Baby Bash is cool. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I just saw the name. It's like right underneath Soldier Boy. The Brat's gonna be there. Shut up. Maybe you can go and try to Shut rekindle up. some old feelings. Shut up. The Brat's gonna be there. No. Are you serious? I'm writing underneath Soulja Boy's name, Dubrat. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. Enrique, you want to take over the show the rest of the way? I'm going to get my tickets now. <laughs> the Brat's going to be there? The Brat's going to be there. Man, my oldest son's mom hated the Brat because she knew how much I loved the Brat. She was like, oh, you're going to leave me for the Brat. And I was like, I'll leave you for two fifty. <laughs> I'll leave you for a ham sandwich. <laughs> but the Brat is my, hey, the Brat was, I knew every lyric to every song on that first project she put out. She's really co- you know she's pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. Is she wait? Maybe she already had the baby. Maybe. No, she's prego. Maybe she. May, I don't know. I don't, maybe it's gonna be a you know a real intimate performance of you know not not too much moving around, just sitting I, on a stool. I think she's pregnant. Like I think she's pregnant. Pregnant. You know, card always subject to change. Oh well, so. maybe she won't be there. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Christina Aguilera. I mean, nah, I'm good. Wow. I'm good. Flo Rida. Uh, no. Nah, yeah, yeah. nah, he only had one hit. 
Only one? Only like one or two. He had low, and then what? The other one that sounded exactly like low just Welcome to my house? Yeah, exactly. Well, that one, okay. That was okay. No, you don't need to dance. I'm good. Give me one more person, then we'll move on. Next. Oh, yeah, next was cool. Yeah. That's too close, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Making it home. Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. Well, that's the Lovers of Friends. <laughs> so I tell you all that to tell you that Bart Scott. Scott. <laughs> that's why Bart Scott's going to be in town, and that's why he's going to be in the building at 4 o'clock because he's here for the Lovers and Friends uh, m- Music Festival. And I'll tell you right now, if the, I'm going to do some research. If the brat's there, I might have to cancel my pr- plans for tomorrow. Security, stop that man. <laughs> no, I'll get a ticket. I'll buy a ticket. I'll even buy VIP tickets. If the brat's going to be there, I'll, I'll, I'll post up right in front of the stage where the brat's going to be at. I don't care about the rest of the show. All I want to see is the Brett. Telling you. That's all I need. I'm good. I, I I was a big fan of the Brett, and I just knew that, you know, I, I loved the Brett before I realized she didn't love me. And I didn't and when I didn't mean love me, I mean me, if you know what I mean. Paul Gutierrez, 2.30. Amber Thea Harris at 3. Carolina Teague at 3.30. Bart Scott closing us out at 4 o'clock. And, of course, we'll hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. Maybe we'll get your hip-hop takes or your who you'd want to go see at the Lovers of Friends music festival that's going on this weekend. But with all that being said, let's finally go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Just got a text from my guy P.E. in North Carolina. Yo, Q, with the inside of the Brat CD case, another tantrum was dope. See? See? The real ones know, Damon. The real ones know about the Brat Tat Tat Tat. That should be part of our topic today. Not only do we want you to answer the, the question, but we want you to tell us what your favorite Brat song was. Because I'll tell you, when she came out with, uh, what do you like me on top, you on uh, 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 when that came out, I was like, oh, she done changed her whole look up. At first, when she was functified, it was more like she was kind of, you know, she was more like MC Light at that point, where she was just kind of like rugged and tough, you know, all that stuff, kind of like Aaliyah back in the day. But man, when she all of a sudden, what do you like, all that, she changed up her style. And I was really sold then. You can get me, man. You can get me for a shiny nickel. <laughs> so we'll get back to the Brad at some point, but we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Question that we threw out there today. Uh, we talked about the offense. We talked about it in, in great length yesterday. How could it look with the healthy Jimmy G, right? What are your expectations? We did that yesterday. So with the defense, let's turn our attention back to the defense. You know the additions that the Raiders have made. You know who they have coming in. How much better do you think that this defense can be? How much more improved do you think this defense could be with the additions? They went out and drafted Tyree Wilson, first round. They went and got Byron Young, round three. They went and got Ja'Korian Bennett, round four. They went and got Christopher Smith, round five. They got Amari Bernie, round six. Nesta Jade, Silvera, round seven. So just with those additions right there, and of course they have some undrafted free agents as well that they signed, how much better, and oh, by the way, the free agents that they signed before the draft ever happened, how much more improved do you think these guys are? Because, again, and we had a texter say it to us yesterday, DeMond, that these guys aren't all going to pick up the system immediately, right? You can't just expect them to go in and ball out and they're going to take over. I think that Michael Mayer is going to be a really good player offensively. But defensively, how much better on paper do you think this defense is than what it was when the season got wrapped up last year? That's the question I want to throw out there to you. 702-365-9200. Don't be broke.com. Text line 69187. Keyword R&R. So, Damon, I'll start with you. I'll put all pressure on you. With everything being said, you, you know the free agents that they signed 
before the draft ever got started. They went and signed a lot of one-year guys. How much better do you think this defense can be right now on paper? Not that much better. Okay. If you ask why? me. And why? Uh, because the additions that they brought in, the the rookies that they drafted, I don't think that that moves the needle that much for me. That Jacorian Bennett, I mean, maybe he's going to be a good player. Mm-hmm. I don't expect him to be a day one starter. Okay. The cornerback position is still not improved. Epps out of Philly, I do think that he's going to be a good addition. He's a day one starter. Yeah, he, yeah he, he's a definitely starter, going to yeah. be a starter. So him and Trayvon Merrick back there, let's see what they can do and improve. Nate Hobbs being healthy. But for me, the defense just isn't getting that much better. They are still going to be a bottom 10 defense for me. Oh, really? Yeah, where this defense is not jumping top 20 to me okay. just off the additions that they made so far. And then also with the uh, Byron Young draft pick, yeah, it's I like, like oh, him. I like th- him it's a lot. guy that you like. But to me, I know that this is not something that a, it shouldn't reflect that. I it's, Maybe it shouldn't be that mindset for me, but for Butler and Farrell Jr., it says, hey, I don't think those guys are improving the way the team wants them to. I could agree with that. So I, for yeah. me, that that's, you know, Byron Young, maybe he comes in and he's just a stud and that's great for him. But then that says, hey, man, those two draft picks last year, they aren't going to pan out. So I just, for me, it's just not enough that they did in free agency in the draft. I know that they drafted a lot of defensive players, and I also think that Tyree Wilson, he's not going to come on. Like you said, people got to learn the system. Mm-hmm. I don't expect him to be, as we say, like you know, hey, a day one starter, and I do think that there's going to be some lingering from that foot injury. Not something that's going to derail him his entire that's career. My he's not, he's not going to be like Joel Embiid, right. but I do think that, yeah, maybe a, you know first four games, now you'll get to see what Tyree Wilson's all about. So let me ask you this. With the the – Draft class that they signed, or they, they, they drafted, obviously, on the defensive side of things, who do you think steps up and, and plays or makes an impact early? Tyree Wilson, Byron Young, Ja'Korian Bennett, Christopher Smith, Amari Bernie, Nessa Jade Silvera. Who out of those guys do you think will make the biggest impact, if any of them, early? Byron Young. Okay. Because with- them taking him in the third round, I mm-hmm. do think that he's going to come into camp and be better than a Farrell Jr. or Butler. Okay. I like him a lot. I've said that multiple times. I think he's going to do a really good job. I also think Ja'Korian Bennett, he might not start day one. He, he, he might not, right? You might be spot on, right? Maybe a Brandon Faison's playing, you know, immediately. Maybe Nate Hobbs is, is kicked on the outside. Uh, maybe a David Long. Maybe a Shelly, a Duke Shelly. You know, I mean, there's plenty of guys that they, they grabbed in free agency. But I think at some point, I think Bennett really is going to be a good player. I really do. And especially the fact that he has the ball production. That makes me feel like, okay, at least he's going to go – and he's going to look to try to make plays, not only break up the ball, not only be there with the wide receivers, but also, like I said, make some plays and get the ball back for you. And also, the way you phrased your question, for me, I don't, I'm not saying that none of these guys are going to pan out to be good players, yeah. but just for this coming season, I do think that more of these guys are projects than not. Whereas, hey, let's see what they develop into. On the offensive end, we all believe Michael Mayer, hey, he's going to be the starting right. tight end. And he's going to help the defense. Yeah, I keep, said it yesterday. Keep he's off gonna, the field. Yeah, exactly. Keep him off the field. That, that, that means something. It really does. Yeah, so for me, I'm not saying these guys are going to be bad, but I do think that more of them are projects than not. So maybe in year two, year three, now we see what they're actually fleshed out to be and not so much, uh, you know, the Seahawks, they had a really good draft last Mm -hmm. year, or the Jets. I think people want that lightning in a bottle, and I don't think that this regime drafted those players to be that. I think that there's some guys that are going to make some impacts this year. I I, I believe that Tyree Wilson will show his worth uh, this year. Uh, matter of fact, I think he'll show his worth because he can play multiple positions. The, obviously, the big question with him is just the foot injury. Uh, you know, how quickly can he get out there? Byron Young, I think he's going to be – I think he's really going to be a good player. Like, that's a guy that I'm excited about. Uh, and Ja'Korian Bennett, Christopher Smith, 
Uh, those two guys, Christopher Smith, he's not going to start the season. I think he's going to find a way to get on the field. I really do. And I think that Trayvon Merrick has to really step his game up during training camp and preseason and show that he's worth that roster spot. Uh, you know, because, again, this staff did not draft him. This was He was drafted by another staff, and so he's got to prove himself. He's going into year three now. All of a sudden, if you're in the league and you're in year three, it's put-up or shut-up time. Regardless if you've had multiple different you know, uh, schemes that you're playing in, it doesn't matter. You're going into year three. got to put-up or shut-up. I think it's a huge year for Trayvon Merrick. Really yeah, because do. this is everybody's second year in the system now. Right. Well, that, that's you know obviously a carryover yeah. from last year's roster, so you can't have those excuses. Chris Smith can't come in and look a little bit better than you in camp. Mm-hmm. The, the excuses are going to be out by then. If the team doesn't bring back Deron Harmon, right. that's one of those, say, Trayvon Merrick, that's more on your plate. Right. I mean, Epps can only do so much for you. And also with these rookies, I think maybe we should, you know, not so much the starter, like what percentage of the snaps are they going to play? How The number of snaps that they play when it comes to that defensive side of the ball. Because of Chris Smith, maybe if he's playing like 30% of the snaps, maybe it is like, hey, that, that was a good pick, mm-hmm. even though he's not, you know, on the field constantly. But if he is in there getting some quality reps, th- that's maybe we got to change our definition of what a successful rookie season is for some of these guys. 702-365-9200, WBroke.com, text sign 69187, keyword r Who we got up first, Damon? Raider Dave in Denver. Raider Dave. Dave, what's up in your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Um, I agree with you. I think Bennett is going to be the one, and especially in preseason. If uh, if Bennett gets two INTs, I think Merrick is really on the hot seat about not starting the season. But, hey, can we have a short, and I mean short, conversation about uh, Chase Garbers? Yes. I mean, here's the only guy, thank you, here's the only guy who had a contract while the Raiders didn't have anybody else. And nobody's talking about him at all. Maybe they don't need to talk about a third or fourth string quarterback. But as you know, every team's going to carry four into the offseason. Mm-hmm. Is McDaniels kind of like sprinkling, you know, magic grow on his little planter box for quarterbacks in his backyard? I mean, nobody's talking about him. I thought he did okay in the preseason last year. What do you think he did during the season? Because you, you, know, you watch practice. Yeah. I mean, I just we haven't heard McDaniels say anything about him. So... How how do you think this rolls forward? And I'm just hoping that the NFL adopts the Purdy program and, and gives the teams a 54th player uh, to dress out so that you'd have three quarterbacks on the sidelines. I like it. I like it. Good call, Raider Dave. Appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, Chase Garbers, he was the guy that was an undrafted free agent out of Cal. Uh, our good buddy, ABA Ivan Davis, he hit us up a long time ago and was like, man, you watch out for that guy. He could play. And I think that they're 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 bringing him along slowly. I think they're trying to develop him. He's a guy that I look at as probably a practice squad quarterback right now. Doesn't mean that he's going to be that after training camp's over. I think he has an opportunity to earn a role. The good thing for him, he's got a leg up on everybody, right? I mean, like you said, he was the only quarterback under contract for the longest. Not Jimmy G, not Brian Hoyer, you know, not Aiden O'Connell, but Chase Garbers. He was the only quarterback that they had. And I do think that they they like him or else they wouldn't have, you know, kept him where he's at. Now, again, they can go into training camp and maybe some of these other guys really ball out and then they say, okay, well, maybe that's not, you know, that, that's not the guy and, and we can feel comfortable moving on. But I think he has an opportunity to at least establish who he could be, either a practice squad guy, uh, a third quarterback that might not dress out, as you mentioned. That's, I, I think he has an opportunity. Let's put it like that. And, again, like I said, my man, uh, ABA Ivan Davis, he was a guy that really mentioned uh, right, right when they signed him that he was a guy that, that he felt – He's going to make an impact on the team, and hey, that, that's a really good quarterback. So that's a that's a good uh, that's a good question, my man. And, and when we get an opportunity to talk to head coach Josh McDaniels when we're over at the at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and we'll be there when they have mandatory minicamp. We'll be there for OTAs. I don't think we'll be there for rookie minicamp, but when we are there, we'll ask that question. You know, where hey, where's Chase Garbers in the pecking order? I think that that's a good question because, like you said, nobody 
is talking about him. We'll get one quick text, and then we'll take a break and get to Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, happy Friday, gentlemen. Wow, what an action-packed weekend of sports. Damon, who you like for tomorrow's UFC event? Canelo is also fighting, so you know it's going to be crazy. Q, congrats, congrats to your dubs for pounding my Lakers. It was ugly last night. Well, gentlemen, I'm off to San Diego for another crazy adventure in the Gas Lamp District, uh, heading with the family for tomorrow's Dodgers-Padres game. We're doing it big with the huge tailgate party. That's how we do it, gentlemen. I'll be sure to drink plenty of whiskey and eat as many of them tacos for the two of you. we got the taco stand waiting for tomorrow's festivities. Have a great weekend, uh, everyone. Off to uh, San uh, SFO. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. So that's a lot right there from Sir Whiskey Ray. You are always on the move, my man. Enjoy your weekend. Not mad at that at all. The Canelo fight's going to be really good. UFC event should be really fun. Uh, and the Laker Warriors series, man, oh, man. I told you it's going to be a, a dog fight. I had people hitting me up saying the Lakers were going to win in four. It was going to be a sweep. I was like, yeah, right. Come on now. It's going to be a, I mean, I don't know who's going to win. I have no pulse on who's going to win. I really don't. But I, I would not be shocked at all if it goes six or seven games. No doubt about it. So, uh, Sir Whiskey Ray, be safe out there. Uh, definitely enjoy your time. Well, we appreciate hearing from you. 702-365-9200. Tobybroke.com. Text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. Coming up next, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. I be quiet, but when he leave, I be talking again. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. All I'm saying is when you hear that, especially on a Friday... You know that Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is joining the show. That was fantastic right there. I like that. That was a great way to, to bring on a great guest in Paul. And, Paul, I, I want to think, think that that was pretty satisfactory for you, that nice intro that DeMond put together. It's Friday. You ain't got anything to do, Q. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about the Raiders. <laughs> yes, you ain't got no job. You ain't got nothing to do. <laughs> We're have, having a good uh, time on this Friday. And, yeah, that, that was funny. And uh, that's, that's how we do. So, Paul, the question that I threw out there to Raider Nation as we really started the show and got everything rolling was how much better do you think the Raiders' defense is as it stands right now? I know there's at 90, actually 91 men after the international player was added yesterday. but. Yeah. The way it stands right now, how much better do you think they are than they were at the end of the season last year? Well, we don't know. I mean, we won't know until they actually play games, and that's one of the, the takeaways I got from talking to the Raiders owner, Mark Davis, yesterday was it looks good, it sounds good. Uh, on paper, they're better. Uh, they definitely made the pass rush better, and by making the pass rush better, they made the secondary. They made the coverage better, too. So, But we won't know until they're actually out there playing games. So that's... That's always my big takeaway with the draft anyway, is you cannot judge a draft until two or three years down the road anyway. But mm-hmm. when you look at the roster and how it's compiled and how it's built, yeah, on paper it looks better. But we saw what last year's team looked like. We don't know what this is going to look like until September. So it's kind of like let's just you know sit back a little bit and wait and watch and just you know keep playing the offseason game of where did they get better, what did they uh, address, what did they how did they impress uh, people themselves, really? And that's really all that matters at this point. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And it's funny, everyone asked me, what, you know, what grade would you put on the Raiders draft? And I, I say I really don't do grades, but I thought it was solid. You know, for the most part, it didn't have me scratching my head a whole lot. So, I mean, you were there. You were at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. For the most part, again, it's just on paper. But how do you think that they did just with the players they selected? I like that they addressed specific needs as, as well. You know, going into it, all we ever heard from, from Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels was that to them, it was about selecting the best player available after addressing specific needs 
uh, in free agency. So when you get to the draft and you look at it, okay, you knew they had to address pass rush. You knew they had to address the secondary. The only thing they didn't really hit on that I thought that they might at some point uh, was offensive line. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when, when they re-signed their entire starting offensive line and then, oh, yeah, they got a couple guys coming back that were injured last year, that tells me that they've addressed it, so to speak, in-house. doesn't mean they're not going to still see who's out there as, as training camps get going on and off-season programs happening. But, but yeah, in, in, the only way I can really judge a draft is did they address the needs that everybody sees that they did, and, and they did, even the quarterback. I mean, they took a quarterback exactly where I thought they would at the start of day three, and you just kind of go from there. So I like what they did. There weren't a lot of head-scratching moments like we saw in previous years. Um, but it, it, it definitely – they checked a lot of boxes in, in this draft. Yeah, no, they did. Uh, I'm a guy that thinks that Byron Young from Alabama, the third-round pick, the defensive tackle, he's going to make a big impact pretty early. And I don't know what that means for Matthew Butler or Neil Farrell Jr., but I think that Byron Young is going to make an impact. Is there any of these guys that you look at and say, you know what, he'll probably pop before the others pop? You know, it, 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 to me it's all about that first pick. With Tyree, yeah. in, in the article I, I had that posted today is where Mark Davis was, was you know, basically reiterating what Ziegler and McDaniel said, was that, you know, if, if three quarterbacks went in the top four, then they knew they would have their pick of their top four guys that they liked at number seven. And after that, it was, it was simple. It was Tyree was the man, according to Mark Davis at that point. So he's the guy that I'm keeping an eye on, uh, you know, especially with the foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he passed all the physicals. He, he made them feel okay with doing it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have drafted him. But that's the guy that I'm looking at. It, it starts and it ends there. And, you know, in previous drafts, that's where the Raiders have been failing is the first few picks. And they, they've struck gold with, with the Max Crosby's, with the Hunter, uh, Hunter Renfro's down, you know, in day two, day three. So that, to me, is where you really need to go here because, you know, last year their first and second round pick, that was Devontae Adams. And right. they, they hit pretty well on that in a trade. But, uh, yeah, to me it's all about that first guy. Paul Gutierrez, ESPN, is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. First off, thank you for your time, OG. Uh, just <laughs> want to say. <laughs> wow, he came in hot, Paul. Wow. Um, when, it comes to, when it comes to those first couple of picks, like you mentioned, Michael Mayer, are you also getting the sense that this is a player that everyone's got to earn their spot, but he's going to be a day one starter for these Raiders? I think so. I think so. Because simply because he's he's probably the most polished of of their early draft picks, anyways, and maybe of all the draft picks. He was supposed to be, you know, he was the number one rated tight end on a lot of boards, and a first round draft pick uh, that was supposed to be there. But but they get him in the second round, and that's kind of a steal. They didn't really have to do a whole lot of things to get him. Now, is he as as uh, fast or as polished or or whatever you want to describe as as the guy that he was be replacing in Darren Waller? No, but he's a rookie. But he does have this complete package of a tight end. And not only that, but probably fits more into what this offense wants out of a tight end. You look at the type of tight ends that, that uh, Josh McDaniels had in New England with, with Gronkowski and, and, and throughout the, his whole time there with New England, and it seems like he has that skill set that fits right there. So from a pure fit standpoint, that then opens the door for more success down the line. And switching it back over to the defensive side of the ball, I, I expected the Raiders to draft a corner earlier than they did then in the fourth round. But do you think they could still maybe look at the corner market that's out there in free agency and bring somebody in once maybe training camp begins? I would hope so. I would hope so. Simply because they just don't have that one guy that you can look at and say, okay, there's the lockdown, stop, shut down, shut down cornerback. But 32 teams would like that, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you look at it, the, they did – draft somebody that, that, that uh, has a skill set that's unique 
but they still don't have that guy. So you look at it, you see who's out there. I thought for, for half a second Rocky Asin might be still on their radar, then he goes and signs somewhere else. So, yeah, that, that's something that still needs to be addressed as well. Um, but, you know, like I asked uh, Chant Kelly after they drafted uh, Tyree, was as a defensive back, how much how much of a friend is a pass rusher to you? And, and he said it exactly. You know, uh, coverage's best friend is a pass rush, and a pass rush's best friend is, is coverage. Because if you're a DB and, the, and they're getting to the quarterback pass, the DB automatically starts thinking, hey, maybe I don't have to cover this guy so long. So, that's how that kind of plays off itself there, too. Sticking with the corners, Jacorian Bennett, they did draft him in round four out of Maryland. Uh, he has a lot of ball production, right? He's not the biggest dude, but he's got a lot of ball production. Of course, he played across from Deontay Banks, who we saw go very early in the draft. What are yeah. your thoughts on Bennett? How quickly do you think he may have an opportunity to make an impact on this Raiders defense? Well, they're all going to have an opportunity to make an impact immediately. And, and that's the one thing that we saw last year with this new regime entering year two now was was it doesn't matter where you came from, it doesn't matter where you were drafted, you're all going to have that equal opportunity to get there. And I guess maybe that's the best part about the secondary is they're all kind of starting from square one. Nobody's coming in with, with, with that tag as I'm the dude, you know, I'm, I'm right. the guy. So you go out there and, and you just see who can emerge from that. So, yeah, the question was how quick does he get that opportunity? I think he gets that opportunity right away, and that's simply based on what we saw last year and, and what the needs are. And, and that's another part of this draft class is, you look up and down, and there's a lot of production on both sides of the ball in college. Again, you got to translate that to the NFL, where everybody's a star. But uh, I do like that about this draft class too. Nate Hobbs is he outside? Is he inside? How do you think that they uh, they line him up this year? He seems to me that he he kind of works best inside for now. But, mm-hmm. but they're not afraid to throw him on the outside. And if it's and if he's ready to take that jump, then then so be it. Um, It'll be interesting to see, though, once we get out there for OTAs to see where he's lining up. And granted, it's, it's months ahead of the season as well. Right. But to me, he projects more inside because their base defense, remember, is basically a nickel. Right. So you're going to have three corners out there. And if, you know, where he projects best is inside, that's where he'll be because he's already shown that he can do that. We did see flashes of him on the outside, but then he got hurt a couple times down the stretch. So that kind of, you know, they had to show, shut him down there, too. So right now, though, I'd put him on the inside. ESPN's Paul Gutierrez is with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Go ahead, Demond. How much confidence do you think that this Raiders regime has has in the offensive line for them to only pick up a few guys un, as undrafted free agents? That's that's the number one thing. Because they only got a couple guys outside the building and they brought back everybody, they show a lot of confidence in that line. And and why not, really? I mean, last year at this point, we're looking and going, oh my gosh, this is the worst offensive line in the league. Mm-hmm. It's going to get Derek Carr killed. Uh, Josh Higgins have nowhere to go. Well, Derek had a decent enough season until they sat him down in the last two games, and we saw what Jared Stidham did. And, and oh, yeah, you got a running back that led the league in, the, in rushing for the first time since 1985, a guy by the name of Marcus Allen. So it didn't do as badly as everybody thought it was going to do. And now what, what do they have? They have that experience, and they, they know each other, and they've got that, go, that momentum going forward. So that, to me, shows how much confidence they really truly do have in that offensive line, and, and why not? Now, if you could have got another cornerstone out there to put a tackle – okay, you make that move, but they do like this line where it is right now. Yeah, so the one guy that I want to ask about in particular, I mean, love him or hate him, Jermaine Illuminor, where I feel like he was a guy that fans had a real love-hate relationship. Do you think he's the answer at right tackle? I don't know if he's the answer as much as he's Mr. Right Now. <laughs> right. I don't know if he's Mr. Right or Mr. Right Now. Mm-hmm. And, and he showed that he can play. There's no doubt he can play. Um, but, you know, and I'll, I'll always defer to Lincoln Kennedy when we talk about offensive line, especially right tackles. He likes him more as a swing tackle, mm-hmm. and that he would have liked to have seen them go out and get that cornerstone right tackle. But 
again, bringing all those guys back, and, and you've got a couple guys coming back off injury, we'll see exactly how they how it plays out. But Illuminor, his best strength is his versatility. And when you got versatility, and in this system, you've got job security. So I'm, I'm sure he'll just take that as it is right now. Paul, we got a question from our guy, Hardcore Raider. He said, please ask Paul how the Raiders miss hard on not getting a stud linebacker when they have plenty of opportunities to get a linebacker, and we whiffed. So they didn't get a linebacker until round six in Amari Bernie. What were your thoughts on that? Was that an area that was ignored? Um, yes and no, because I don't know how many quote-unquote stud linebackers there were to be had early in the draft anyway. There weren't a lot of linebackers that had that first round, early second round grade on them. And then there was the guy from Arkansas whose name escapes me at the moment. Oh, Sanders. He was there. Yeah, he, he looked like he was there for a minute, and then he got scooped up a couple picks before the Raiders were going to go. I think he was in the third round. He, he would have been nice at that point. Maybe it was the second. Yeah, because first, first two rounds were, were done. But I don't, know, I don't know if you miss on something that's not really there. They do need linebackers, and as we talked before the draft, if they used all 12 picks on linebackers, I wouldn't have been mad. You know? Right, right. But, but they do still need that. But, again, if you're primarily in that nickel defense, you only need the two linebackers, really. You do need depth. So we'll see what Bernie provides, too. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, he's a guy who's a converted safety. He had a lot of ball production. Again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, he had a lot of ball production last year at Florida. So maybe he can get it done uh, as a six-round pick out of Florida. We'll close out on this. Aiden O'Connell, fourth-round pick out of Purdue. The quarterback, I mean, a lot of people look at him. He's not a mobile guy, but he's a guy that's overcome a lot of adversity, and he's a guy that's got it between the ears. What are your thoughts on Aiden O'Connell? The prototypical developmental guy that they wanted from day one, whether it was him, whether it was Hayner from Fresno State or the guy from Stanford, they just wanted somebody in that room that they can develop over a couple of years rather than going out and signing the veterans over and over and over again and starting over. At least with him, and if this regime is going to be here for a while, they've got that guy. And I'm not going to, you know, everybody's comparing his release to, to Tom Brady. Yeah. And this, I mean, that's doing the kid a disservice. Mm-hmm. Just let him come in. Learn, you know, there's a reason they paid Jimmy Garoppolo all that money, and there's a reason they brought Brian Hoyer in. Uh, you know, does he beat out Chase Garbers for that third spot? Probably, if they're going to invest the draft pick in him. Uh, I think it's really between him and Brian Hoyer, though, for that number two spot. Just see how, how long it takes the kid to develop. You know, I'm glad you brought up Chase Garbers. We actually had someone hit us up, and uh, our guy Raider Dave in Denver, he actually asked, we're not talking about Chase Garbers. What is there? What is an update on him? And, and Paul, I honestly don't have an update on Chase Garbers. What do you think? Do you think he's got a guy He's a guy that has the opportunity to kind of develop and, and maybe potentially be, at worst, a backup quarterback for the Raiders? Well, it depends, again, on, on what they see in him and how much he learned last year. I mean, people forget the last two games of the year, he was one snap, one heartbeat away from being the guy, right, when Jared Stidham took over. So he's got a, he's got a foot, a head start, really. You know, he's got a one foot ahead of, of uh, Aiden because right. he's been in the system already. It just depends upon what, what the regime likes, what the coaching staff sees, and how he learns and how he goes from there. Yeah, no, I, I that's where I was at. I was like, man, I really don't have, <laughs> I really don't have too much of an update. Yeah. I just know he was an undrafted free agent out of Cal, and he stuck around. And at one point, he was the only quarterback on the roster under right. contract. So there's right. that. Well, Paul, what do you got going on, man? What do you got coming out? What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, well, today I posted the story on just kind of looking at how uh, Tyree Wilson fits into the Raiders' uh, you know pass rush plans, and go from there. And then next week we'll we'll dive into the second round pick to tie in and see exactly. Is he Rob Gronkowski 2.0, or is he something different when it comes to the team? And, and the thing that was intriguing to me was when they drafted him, the last time the Raiders drafted a tight end from Notre Dame, he turned out pretty good. Yeah. Dave Casper, also <laughs> wore number 87. 
And uh, yeah, we'll see exactly how that plans out, plays out too. But it's it's uh, it's real intriguing that they drafted him uh, in the second round. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I think he's going to play a big role. But we'll see. Obviously, it's it's only May, so <laughs> you know there's a long time exactly. before we see exactly how it shakes out. Well, Paul, fantastic stuff, man. Thanks for uh, joining us this afternoon. Have a fantastic weekend, and I'm sure we'll be talking next week. Like I said, man, it's Friday. That's right. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> Paul Gutierrez from ESPN right there. It is Friday. There you go. There you go. That was so funny. While we were in the in the media room on Saturday, the last day of the draft, I can't remember exactly what it is. I think it was because of Nesta Jade Silvera. I think. I'm not 100% sure. But I, I, as soon as they drafted him, I think I called him Debo. <laughs> and, then, and then Paul pulled up the sound. Paul is the best on the computer. He could pull up sound. He could pull up any kind of soundtrack immediately. I think I said because there was a picture of Nesta and he had his hands up, and he had some big old monster hands. Like, if you pull up, a, a, if you just do Google search images and pull up Nesta Jade Silvera, there's a picture where he's standing there kind of posing, and his hands are monsters. Like, Enrique, they would cover my hands. You know what I mean? Like, it would be no doubt. He would just, like, swallow my hand alive. And I was like, man, that kind of looks like a dude that, that could Debo you. You know, come up to you and be like, man, give me your chain, punk. Right? And so then as soon as I said that, Paul hit the sound for uh, for Debo, and I, I thought that was the funniest thing ever. And he said, next time that I come on the show, DeMond's got to have that uh, that sound for me. So that was a little bit of a background on why we brought up that. And then, of course, we have him on Friday, which is even better. As as DeMond is laughing, did you see the picture I'm talking about? I'm just pulling up. I just Google searched you Nesta Jade Silvera and hands. But, no, he look, he looks like a Debo for real. Okay. Well, there, see, I was, I was, it's not like I make this stuff up. All you got to do is you don't have to Google hands. Just put, like, Nesta J. Silvera. I promise you there was a stance that he's standing there, and his, he's got his, like, hands up, and his hands are tatted. And you know what I mean? So it's just like he just looks like he's got a little Debo to him, and he's from Broward County, right? I mean, like, there's it, it just it's, it's, it seemed like it fit. So we rolled with it. 2.48 is the time. DeMond's like, I'm done. <laughs> Hit us up. Don'tBeBroke.com. Text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Also the listener line, 702-365-9200. We've already talked about the offense, what it could look like with the healthy Jimmy G. What are your realistic expectations for the defense? I know it's just on paper. I know it's just May 5th. But how much better do you think this defense could be by the moves that the Raiders have made so far this offseason? It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Vegas Pete, he'd be on me tough, man, about the, the Warriors and the Lakers. Vegas Pete's been coming after me strong, right? When the Lakers were whooping the, the, the Warriors, when Anthony Davis was going off, he was sending me tweets, all oh, the Warriors have no answers. Vegas Pete hit us up on the WBroke.com text sign. I do appreciate this. The Warriors were in win or must-win mode last night. Lakers got a split, but it's fun to talk about, right? And then he goes to the Raiders. A lot of defense success with play calls will be with uh, have to do with play calls. It drove me crazy when we had corners eight yards off uh, the wide receiver, but improved. So that's Vegas Pete. And yeah, I mean, the Warriors, they're supposed to play, right? They're supposed to play must-win mode. You don't want to lose two games at home. But as I was saying, and I said it multiple times, it's going to be a hell of a series. It's a game of adjustments. I don't think this is going to be the last game that the Warriors win, and I sure don't think the first game was the last game the Lakers are going to win. I think it's going to be a series, DeMond, that could easily go six or seven games. Yeah, I wish it was a series that both teams could lose. <laughs> you are a hater. You are a Proudly. hater. <laughs> 702-365-9200. Who are we going out to now? Mike in Sacramento. Mike in Sacktown. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, man, go Kings, first of all. <laughs> like the beam. I, I, know that's, I know that's right. <laughs> And uh, second of all, I'm real excited about uh, Chris Smith, the, the fifth mm-hmm. round, yep. and uh, and Bennett too. They both look like real ball hawks. 
And uh, I'm always also excited to see that new international player that came over. He he looks huge, guys. He looks like a big guy that could really put a stop in on the uh, the run the run right now. Yeah, I like I like. Thank you, thank you for that. And I do like those two uh, guys in the secondary: Chris Smith out of Georgia, the fifth round pick, and Bennett out of Maryland, the fourth round pick. I do believe that uh, that they could play big roles. I don't think they're going to start right away. I really don't. But I think that they'll get on the field pretty early. Uh, I keep saying that Chris Smith reminds me of Deron Harmon, a guy that's maybe not the most athletic. He's not going to run the fastest, not going to jump the highest. He's not going to do any of that. But he makes plays. He's in the right place at the right time. So I, I like what uh, I'm seeing from Chris Smith and Bennett. Bennett's a guy that had, what, five interceptions and 27 pass breakups the last two seasons there at Maryland, played across from Deontay Banks, so you know that he got a lot of attention. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. If he gets out there on the field, I think he's going to make an impact as well. Uh, like I said, I don't think he'll be playing immediately, but I think he'll get some burn. Uh, David Abuka Agoha. I had to say it slow because I know I'll mess it up. 21 years old from Nigeria is the international player you're talking about. He plays on the defensive line. And, yeah, that's a guy that when Vinny Bonsignor joined the show yesterday, he said that the Raiders really liked, liked him. They worked with him a lot in Florida when they had the little international kind of combine type thing and uh, were happy when uh, they were awarded uh, his services. And so, look, he could be with the team all throughout training camp. And when training camp gets cut down to 53 guys, they have the opportunity to either put him on the practice squad. It won't set him, uh, um, like set him back on the practice squad. They're allowed an extra, uh, extra person on the practice squad if, he's, if it's him. And then they have an opportunity to put him on the 53-man roster anytime that they're ready. So thank you so much for that call, Mike. I do appreciate you. 2.55 is the time when we come back. We'll kick off hour number two of the show. Amber Theo Harris, our good friend from SiriusXM Radio, she'll join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.